welcome to Mystical Voyage 2.0, where the cosmic energies align for a transformative experience like never before. Join us on this magical mystery tour as we explore the realms of spirituality, mysticism, and self-discovery. Our state-of-the-art mission control is navigating the cosmic currents. Embark on a celestial journey, guided by our mystical mission control. Discover the secrets of the universe as we navigate through the cosmic currents, unveiling the mysteries that await those who seek enlightenment.
Chapter 11, from the book, Christ in a Mystery, a mystical approach to conscious enlightenment out of the scriptures. Written and produced by Michael Meyer, art direction and design by David Skinner. Chapter 11, Christ Consciousness versus Sin Consciousness, opening scriptural premise, but unto them who are called, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Let us therefore put on the mind of Christ, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Chapter text subject. A more mystical term for the gospel of Christ is Christ consciousness. It is cognizant of the complete work of God in Christ in you. The transformation of Christ consciousness, uninstalling false beliefs and downloading enlightened spiritual truths to the mind, sets you free to become one of the beautiful people, transcend the confines of world religions, and live in the realm of the constant mystic, devoid of the clamor of the senseless noise around you. Is that possible you say? If all things are possible with God, then yes. And he promises you, if we allow him. We still have free will. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This indicates it's available and up to us. In the world you have tribulation, negative thoughts, emotions and events, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. This mind of Christ seems such a paradox to reality, which is why most people are still stuck as gospel thinkers and true Christ consciousness is foreign to them it's unfathomable to them. But one must include the big picture as being included in Christ consciousness, which is summarized in Romans chapter 8 verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Also, the same is written, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh, accomplishes or energizes, after all, it's all about the energy, for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17. A gospel thinker has a fear of a coming judgment, that leaves a sense of doubt in the back of their beliefs. In Christ consciousness, we have a knowing, a knowing that we've already been judged righteous and have already passed from death unto eternal life in the eyes of God. Christ consciousness knows the grace of God in truth and does not attach any religious man-made conditions. The New Age believer and other comparative religions must now recognize that receiving the Spirit of God is necessary or Christ consciousness is impossible without it. It's what's missing from birth, 
and that which we are all seeking. Self-realization, most widely taught and thought of as the highest, is a good place to start, but it falls short, as it is in reality a heightened awareness of the inner soul or heart condition, neither of which are immortal. The first question I ask a loving, peaceful new ager of their belief system is, have you overcome death? If they respond with the typical reincarnation and metaphysical theory of the transmigration of the soul, I simply point out to them that they are not going to live again over and over. You're going to die over and over. There's no way out. Karma is a lie. Overcoming death with good karma is like saying there is good sin, which is the cause of death in the first place. Because I speak New Age language, I can point out in Scripture the lie of the law of karma. Romans chapter 6 verses 8 to 15. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe, or trust, that we shall also live with him. Why leave it up to chance? Knowing that Christ, being raised from among the dead, dies no more, death has no more dominion over him. This is what I call, the knowing. The knowing, that only Christ overcame death, that death and karma have no more dominion over him. Neither does it have dominion over you, the one that believes dies no more. For in that he died, he died unto sin, karma, once, but in that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, knowingly recognize you also, yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, trapped in the cycle of the law of karma, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ is the one who overcame the cycle of death, not the illusion of good karma. That's the big lie. Death and karma want power over you. Let not sin. Karma, therefore reign in your mortal body and soul, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Good karma is deceiving you, that you're immortal. There's no such thing. It's superstition at best. Look how superstitious the religions are in the East that teach such foolishness. Neither yield your members, your thoughts and your life-giving parts, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Karma is to think superstitiously, devoid of Christ, but yield yourselves, let go, unto God, as those that are alive from the dead. True self-realization, an epiphany that it's because of Christ and not yourself and your members as instruments of righteousness, right and holy thinking according to revelation, unto God. For sin, the law of karma, shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law of karma, but under grace. Go beyond self-realization into the stratosphere of true Christ consciousness, and overcome death and karma thinking. For the wages of sin is death, there's no way out, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. There is no other way to eternal life, but believe in Christ, the Holy One of God who was sent to overcome death for all mankind.
Christ Consciousness, Part 3, continued, The New Mindset, quote, You become what you think about, from Earl Nightingale. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10, Put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. The image of the one who created him is God, who is spirit. Our thoughts, the old self, are to be replaced with the true knowledge in our way of thinking, who we truly are, spiritually. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect desire of God. The gift of Holy Spirit is given by grace, but to make the transformation in your mind takes work on your part. The new birth is instant, the process is the transforming your thoughts to what you truly are spiritually. Romans chapter 13 verse 12. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What are we to put on in order to become transformed? Translated from the Greek word, metamorpho like the metamorphosis of a butterfly from a caterpillar, to Christ consciousness is the word of God, that reveals the true knowledge of this new image God has created in us. We must go to the church epistles that are written to us in order to put on this true spiritual knowledge of what we have in Christ, and that new self. Philippians chapter 3 verse 9, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. Well, how righteous is God? He is righteous. Then spiritually a believer is as righteous, as free from sin as God. That's what the word says. Romans chapter 3 verses 21 to 22. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all, them, that believe, for there is no difference. But now, means now not some day in the future judgment. God has already judged us righteous, so why be sin conscious? That's being conformed to the world and the old man, we are now what the word says we are, because Christ redeemed us from the sin and corruption of this world. Corinthians 5.21, For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Next, we have been justified by God. In verse 24 of Romans it says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Being justified means to be declared innocent, as if there was never any guilt. That's what comes with the redemption. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not our faith, but we are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ, therefore we have peace with God. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. From Romans chapter 5 verses 8 to 9 the NASB version. In many places of scripture it says of us that we are sanctified, which means we've been set apart by the Spirit. To those who have been set apart in Christ Jesus, such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were separated, 
but you were justified, declared innocent, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in the Spirit of our God. For by one offering he has perfected forever, them that are set apart. For both he that sanctifies, sets apart, and they who are set apart are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Point 1 Corinthians 1 to 2, 6 11, and from Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14, and 2 11. Those who renew their minds to this truth shudder at those who say we are all one as a human race, that we are all in the image of God. That's a major false belief. It's not an excuse to feel superior, but an opportunity to correct them with scripture, if they are truly seeking. Thessalonians 2.13 But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation, to become whole by setting us apart via the Spirit and belief in the truth. Before Jesus Christ we were separated from God because of the fall of man and loss of his Spirit within us. Romans chapter 5 verse 10 But now are we reconciled and complete in him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved, made whole or complete, by his life. Now you have some foundational spiritual truths to transform your mind to the point of believing and walking by the Spirit. Now you are, in Christ. Corinthians 5:17 and 18. Therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, old things are passed away. Behold, all things, in the mind, are become new. And all things, new, are of God, who has, past tense, reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. This is what I call, the new mindset. It's the only way how you develop Christ consciousness, not the many paths and overhyped philosophy of the world. Arriving at this state of awareness and vibration frequency, being what is authentic and truly from God, makes you a mastermind of Christ. listening to is coming from enlightenment radio sound waves that lift your consciousness enhance your mood and transcends time and space visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com where you'll be guided each level of transformation to become an enlightened one Christ Consciousness, Part 4 Continued. Sonship versus Fellowship. Most of the confusion of differentiating between Christ Consciousness and Sin Consciousness 
is a result of misunderstanding and not rightly dividing the Gospels from the Church epistles, as explained in chapter 10. But also, in misinterpreting the epistles of John, 1 John chapter 1 verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And 1 John chapter 3 verse 9. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. Upon first reading there appears to be a contradiction. Even contemporary versions of the Bible will alter 1 John chapter 3 verse 9 and 1 John chapter 5 verse 18, which is similar because they cannot reconcile the difference between our sonship and our fellowship. We just read in the New Mindset, the foundational verses how God has set us free from sin through Christ. So what gives? The opening of 1 John gives us the context. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, not incarnated, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you, that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son Jesus Christ. The context of 1 John is our fellowship, which is our walk, our new mindset thinking, what's in our thoughts. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie, and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship, one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Verse 6 through 7, our fellowship is our walk, our pattern of thinking and believing. That's our fellowship. When we error in our walk, we simply confess our error and get back in fellowship, which is the key to manifesting the power God intended. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, our error in our walk or sinful choices, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse where? In our hearts and mind. When we think less of ourselves or feel guilty or ashamed of something we said or did, that affects our walk but does not affect our seed, the spirit that is born within us, that's our sonship, which is absolutely sin-free. That's why it says, that which is born of God, spirit, cannot sin. Our sonship remains the same, that's why it's eternal life spirit. God wants us to fellowship with him, so that's why it's a simple matter and not one of agonizing over, or having to go to a priest in a confessional ritual created by Catholicism. Jesus Christ is our mediator with God, not a priest. 1 John chapter 2 verses 1 to 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. What sins? Who knows? Usually false doctrine or believing, but God knows, sometimes adverse behavior, so I simply say, God, I'm sorry for my broken fellowship. Thank you for your forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. Now move on, because look what happens if we stay out of fellowship. Yes, 
I realize there are more deeply rooted, traumatic scars I deal with in my book footnote here. But on the surface when we block our true feelings, we get out of whack and stuck in the world of self-condemnation. 1 John chapter 3 verses 19 to 22. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. There it is again, we have confidence that same key to Christ consciousness, requires us to be free of condemnation. Stay away from guilt and condemnation, it's so toxic to our believing and receiving. That is sin consciousness. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. In Christ, our fellowship of walking according to what we have spiritually, gives us the confidence to freely receive. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Christ consciousness is free of condemnation. You have a sin-free spirit and eternal life. So think that way and walk in fellowship as a son or daughter of God. And lastly, verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God cannot sin, but he that is begotten of God keeps himself, and that wicked one cannot touch him. Now we have complete understanding. Christ Consciousness, Part 5, Continued, The Father God and the Son Jesus Christ Correlation If you believe Jesus Christ is God, and that there's an identical third-person spirit, you cannot experience Christ Consciousness. Understanding the Father and Son relationship is paramount in understanding our relationship with God. It is the two-way template emphasized that is absolutely necessary to know, understand, and relate to in our Christ-conscious awareness and perception that shapes our being and defines who we are in real time. Jesus Christ in the flesh and in the spirit knew and understood his position and this power dynamic. John chapter 14 verses 10 to 14. Believe thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He does the works. Believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Dot and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Does that sound like Jesus is God? That he is one and the same, identical as God. From the beginning, this is established and set in clear wording by God and his angel messenger. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 
And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born shall be called the Son of God. Luke chapter 1 verses 30 to 35. Who is the highest? Only one can be the highest. Is to conceive in the womb an incarnation. Here it states plainly the Holy Spirit is the power of the highest, not some third person. Otherwise, this third person would be the Father of Jesus Christ. Such nonsense, that God became his own son. Those who profess such and think in their minds that pagan concept, are disobeying what God commanded by way of his angel, that he shall absolutely be called the Son of God, making God his Father. They profess, God the Son, and do not obey the commandment of God, therefore that way of thinking is sin consciousness. A state of mind that is wired wrong, and it is almost impossible to remove the blinders from those that cannot see the father and son correlation, in our own position. Even the well-known verse of John chapter 3 verse 16 of God's purpose, alludes the simplicity intended from their point of view of scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Because we as parental humans have an understanding that it is a much greater sacrifice to give up your own son than yourself, it's what allows us to believe the magnitude of this monumental truth and line our thoughts accordingly. By the way, Jesus Christ himself spoke those words. Christ consciousness is his way of thinking and projecting a future where he would become the first begotten among many. We are the many and God has fathered us, and he is one, and he is the highest. That is why we worship God only as the Father in truth and in the Spirit. God is referred to as Father over 1300 times in the New Testament. When Jesus spoke to his Father, he looked up. John chapter 17 verses 1 to 3. These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, who art God, as thou, God, hast given myself, your Son, power over all flesh, that I, your Son, should give eternal life to as many, and to the many also begotten to come, as thou, God, hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, his Son, whom thou hast sent. 1 John chapter 2 verse 22. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. That verse nailed it. There's no third person, but the dynamic duo of the Father and Son relationship is emphasized. Continuing, whosoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father. He that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let that, therefore, abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. 
verse 24 to 25. That's two only. Abiding and obeying the Father and Son uncorrupted is absolutely essential to sustaining our fellowship and mental peak of Christ consciousness. Hold your ground, keep your mind's eye on the scripture given by revelation regarding God, his Son, and what that has created us in their union. Don't be tricked or intimidated by the majority of Antichrist that is in the world. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Verse 26, 1 John chapter 4 verses 2 to 3. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now, already, is it in the world. In 2 John chapter 3, Grace be with you, mercy, and peace, from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Scripture always just emphasizes two, not three. Stephen, the chosen evangelist, he saw God and Jesus at his right hand, in Acts 7, when they stoned him to death, not three persons. At his right hand is Christ's position. We also as sons and daughters are at the right hand of God. There would be no room or position for us as such, if there was a trinity of gods. After Jesus gave commandments and promises unto his apostles, he ascended up into heaven. In Acts chapter 2 verses 32 to 33, Peter made clear, by revelation of the Father and Son relationship, Jesus Christ at his right because he was exalted there by God. Therefore, having been lifted up into heaven, to the right side of God and having received the promise of the Holy Spirit, not a third person, from the Father, he has poured out this, which you now see and hear, referring to, the tongues. Later, John would word this as the witness from God the Father. 1 John chapter 5 verses 9 to 11. If we receive the witness of men, by way of the five senses, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness, spirit in manifestation by speaking in tongues our spirit-given prayer language, of God which he hath testified, gave conclusive evidence, of his Son being in you. There is no spiritual evidence of God the Son or a person called the Father, as one person among three in a triune Godhead. 1 John chapter 5 verse 10. He that believes on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believes not God has made him a liar because he believes not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Trinitarians do not believe God gave of his Son, they believe God became the Son, incarnated, completely in opposition to this and all other scripture pertaining to the truth the Father gave of his Son. Now that we have been given this Father and Son relationship, we are to wire our minds to this higher state of consciousness. 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 to 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is.
the Spirit seals and signifies this loving, inseparable relationship. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. This gives us the Christ consciousness confidence that he loves us forever in the here and now, in real time, not a maybe in the future. This is the true, living and thinking in that now, the New Age disciples claim to practice. God has given us all the same measure of love and promises to live and breathe by. 1 John chapter 4 verse 13, 15-17 Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love, dwells in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, or day of rewards, because as he is, so are we in this world. All churched, unchurched and new ages can fully embrace and relate to the loving, highest spiritual relationship as a child of God, because of our natural love for children and protecting them, without the interference of religious dogma. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son and now in us, as his sons and daughters. This is the heart of the mystery, and is so freely given and easy to accept. Jesus Christ is not a person aloft in a separate Godhead, but our brother and that separates us into the family of God. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. For both he that sanctifies, separates, and they who are sanctified, separated, are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Romans chapter 8 says we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 says, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. No third person, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 declares, And God will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters. This power and spirit we are to saturate into our minds and believe fervently, and to express openly, this Christ-conscious truth to others who are hungry to receive. We are set free from such religious traditional thinking from the church and from New Age uncertainty and skepticism about Jesus Christ. We are now one with him and our fellowship is universal without any labels and barriers. When our hearts and minds become one in Christ-consciousness around the world, it's a force of energy that has no obstacles to love, peace, joy and freedom, especially when it becomes synergized in the collective mind. In conclusion, and we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the way, the mystery, the only true God and eternal life.
welcome to Mystical Voyage 2.0, where the cosmic energies align for a transformative experience like never before. Join us on this magical mystery tour as we explore the realms of spirituality, mysticism, and self-discovery. Our state-of-the-art mission control is navigating the cosmic currents. Embark on a celestial journey, guided by our mystical mission control. Discover the secrets of the universe as we navigate through the cosmic currents, unveiling the mysteries that await those who seek enlightenment.
ਜੰਦਤਕ ਮਰਵੀ ਕੁੱਲੀ ਰਾਜ ਚ ਪਾਈ 